Welcome to the Hack My Solar Podcast, providing off-grid solutions for an on-grid world. Our goal is to give you ideas, information, and hacks that you can implement in your own life to increase your self-sufficiency and independence. Hi everyone, thanks for joining us today on the Hack My Solar podcast. This is Sean Mills, and today we're going to talk about the different types of solar installations. Uh, those solar installations fall into a couple main types, uh, grid-tied, off-grid, hybrid, PV or photovoltaic direct, solar thermal, and photosynthesis. So we're just going to run through those today, talk about uh, what they are, why they're different from the other ones, and what type of applications they would be used for uh, for the most efficiency. So let's start with grid-tied. Uh, so Grid-tied are the systems that you see on people's roofs when you're driving around town and you're like, oh, wow, there's solar panels on that person's roof. Um, they are solar installations that are implemented on a property that uses utility energy from the grid. And uh, if they have enough panels, then they actually don't use utility energy from the grid. Uh, maybe they're putting energy on the grid. But uh, these systems reduce the amount of, of energy purchased from the utility company and the amount of energy not purchased is used to offset set the cost of the installation. Uh, so, you know, right now, currently in 2017, we do have uh, some some uh, tax credit incentives that are still in existence. Who knows how long those are going to uh, stick around. But right now, when you put uh, a solar installation in and connect it to the grid, you're going to get... Uh, 30% of your investment back in tax credits. And that's, that's a refundable credit too. That's dollar for dollar. So that's a pretty good incentive, uh, for people to, to, to go that route. Um, but after, you know, the other 70%, uh, the way that you offset the cost of that is the electricity that you're generating rather than purchasing from the grid. And, uh, if you're in a state that has, uh, um, Net metering, uh, your meter can actually run backwards and you can get credits onto your bill, uh, that then later in the year when you're not producing as much electricity, uh, those credits are used to offset the cost of the bill completely. So, uh, anyways, these systems have safety switches that cut the connection off when the grid goes down so that you're not feeding solar energy onto the grid while linesmen are trying to make repairs. So if you got a tree down up the street and it knocks over your power lines and your linesmen come out, well, they, they cut their own grid off so that they can work on it. But if you're putting electricity onto the grid, if you don't have a safety switch, then when that guy goes to fix the line, you could electrocute him. And that's actually happened. Uh, that's why it's a law now if you have a grid-tied system to get those uh, safety switches installed. So the next type is off-grid. So the, and these are the, the two main energy types that you're going to hear about. Grid-tied, off-grid. Uh, off-grid systems are solar installations that generate and store electricity in batteries for use when the power needed is greater than the power being produced, such as at night or on cloudy days. Uh, these systems are not tied to the grid and do not have safety cutoffs. They may have a safety cutoff going to the house, but there's no the, the type of switch we're talking about uh, for not feeding electricity back onto the grid that's that's not something on an off-grid system 
Uh, many people install off-grid systems to provide power only during power outages and only to power certain appliances such as refrigerators to avoid food spoilage. Uh, some people have full off-grid systems on hunting cabins or remote properties where there is no access to utility power. Uh, our off-grid property that I live at, uh, we we have access to utility power, but it would have cost us about five times what it costs us to install our photovoltaic system um, to have grid power run up. So we had cost parity from day one. Uh, there was no how many years is it going to take for this to pay off. Uh, it paid off the day that we started using it. Uh, many times these off-grid systems will include a generator to keep batteries charged up uh, during periods of prolonged low generation or high usage. So for us, where we live um, in Tennessee, we have some pretty hard summers that we have to deal with. Uh, you know, they're not Houston by any means, but they're not, you know, Maine either. Um, we do have a portion of time during the year where an off-grid house um, needs some cooling, some sort of cooling. And uh, we do not have central air conditioning, uh, but we do have window units that we'll put in the bedrooms. And uh, when we're going to be in the bedrooms, we will cool them uh, sometimes through the night, just depending on how hot it is. Um, I can tell you that in 2012, 4th of July weekend, when we moved into that house, it was the hottest weekend in the in recorded history in Middle Tennessee, uh, it reached 109 degrees. And when I'm unloading the U-Haul truck at 11 o'clock at night, it was still over 90. So you know, at times like that, yeah, we'll run the AC through the night uh, if that's what it takes to get sleep. And in those situations, uh, we're probably going to have to run the generator. Um, we're not going to be able to produce enough excess electricity throughout the day to run a uh, air conditioning unit in. In, in two different rooms in our house throughout the night, um, you know, if we have that kind of night. So in those situations, you know, someone may have to get up at 1 in the morning and go turn the generator on uh, to get us through until the sun's shining the next morning. Uh, so it's not often that that happens, uh, but, hey, it, it can happen. The next type of system is a hybrid system. Uh, so hybrid systems are grid-tied. But they also have battery backup. Uh, as a matter of fact, you can have a hybrid system without even any solar panels. Uh, there are people that have hybrid systems where they use the grid to store energy in a battery bank. And then if the grid goes down or in some circumstances when they're being charged more for pulling energy off the grid, they switch over to batteries. Uh, if you've heard of the new Tesla Powerwall, that's exactly what this is really uh, that's what they're trying to use to get this into people's houses. Put a Tesla power wall in, hook it to your, uh, hook it to your grid, and when you're buying electricity from three in the morning until whatever, uh, nine in the morning at twelve cents a kilowatt hour, uh, we'll take it, we'll store it, and then at nine, when it goes to twenty-two cents, we'll switch over and use battery power, you know, while you're at work, and then when you get home, you don't have to worry about paying those exorbitant um, peak use uh, rates. 
but uh, but typically and for our purposes a hybrid uh, system is a on grid grid tied photovoltaic system that also has a battery bank so there is an added layer of com- com- uh, complexity because not only do you need to keep your system disconnected from the grid when the utility goes down but you need to switch over to battery power and for most people drastically reducing uh, you have to drastically reduce your energy consumption so you can't be hey I'm on the grid and whatever every time I flip a switch I just get more power and that's I'm good to go um, if you have a hybrid system you know a lot of people have a hybrid system and they say okay we're going to run the freezers and the refrigerators and like two circuits in the house off of the battery bank um, and and that's all we're going to run until the, the grid comes back online uh, so anyways that's what a uh, that's what a hybrid system is. So as we move on through, through you know, now we're moving backwards in complexity. Uh, we, we talk about PV direct or photovoltaic ver- direct. Um, photovoltaic direct is the most simple way to implement a solar electric system. This system utilizes a PV panel wired directly to a load, such as a solar-powered water pump. Uh, this is a great way to utilize water as a battery. So you pump water to a higher elevation when the sun's out and then you let gravity distribute it you know when when the sun's not uh, another option would be use a solar panel wired to a fan that circulates hot air out of your attic to assist with cooling your home or even uh, blowing air on yourself so um, you know everyone knows that uh, in certain parts of the country your attic is going to be 120 to 140 degrees and that's going to prevent uh, your upper floors of your house from really cooling off properly unless you can move that hot air out of there so uh, there's people that have solar powered attic fans that when the sun's out just panel straight to the fan fan pulls air from one side of the house you know typically from the north side of the house or maybe from the east side of the house and then blows it out to the south or the west uh, so you're drawing cooler air into the attic blowing the hot air out of the attic and uh, then when the sun goes down that pump's not working or that uh, um, fan isn't working anymore and then again moving down in complexity again we have solar thermal so solar thermal is probably uh, the second most, it's not probably, it's the second most efficient way to utilize the power of the sun. And it's quite simply, we're using the radiant heat from the sun to, produ- to reduce energy needs for heating. Uh, this could be heating water, uh, using a solar water heater, heating air, or heating a thermal mass, uh, such as when a passive solar uh, slab is used to heat a house or a greenhouse by storing heat and then releasing releasing it over time when the temperature drops. So, you know, a lot of people will take a uh, black barrel of water and they'll put it in the back of their greenhouse and that thing will get beat on by the sun and heated up all day long. And then at night, sun's not out anymore, but that barrel is radiant heat back into the greenhouse and uh, you know that can really extend your growing season 
And then the last uh, solar energy uh, implementation system is photosynthesis. And uh, quite simply, photosynthesis is, is the most efficient way to utilize the power of the sun. Uh, we combine the power of the sun with nutrients in the air and the soil that, to allow plants to produce food, shade, and building materials for us. Uh, we would be remiss to have any type of discussion about solar energy without acknowledging the power of photosynthesis and developing ways to leverage it to our own benefit. If we don't plant trees in a manner that will shade us, uh, you know, during the, the hot times of the year and then drop their leaves so that we get the full sun in the cooler times of the year, then, you know, we're not acting very smartly in terms of trying to utilize the power of the sun the right way. Um, you know, obviously we all got to eat, right? That's the, uh, the saying. And, uh, the reality is, is that without the sun, we would not have anything to eat. Uh, it, it, it's the, the, the fuel for our food and, uh, it's the fuel for our food's food if we eat, you know, things with faces. So if we can't grow grass in a field and feed that to a cow, then we can't eat ribeyes. So, um, with that being said, uh, hope you learned a little bit about the different types of um, solar energy today and uh, looking forward to talking to you again soon.